everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Hello. Welcome to our new listeners, if we have any. Thank you to our new friends, Ellen and Joey at I Think Not, and our old friends, Rebecca, Kevin, Lara, and Toby, for lifting up other podcasts and being kind and generous. We really appreciate them and all of our podcast friends. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. So welcome to our show. We hope you enjoy it. This episode is called The Case of the Man with No Name. Now, there is an episode called The Woman with No Name. Yeah. But I can't recall the plot. I'm pretty sure that that is the woman who is of a certain age, who goes down to Florida and then works her way over to Texas. No, that's the woman at the bar. Oh, it is. Okay. Lois. Lois, because this feels a little bit like the lowest case on steroids. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit like Nicholas Aloverdian. Unbelievable. It aired on November 3rd, 2023. But we will be doing Thursday nights at some point, though. This was the Friday night episode, and mm-hmm. Thursdays was excellent, and we will definitely be doing it. It's the guy who went on Family Feud, and when asked what your biggest mistake at your wedding day was, he said, saying, I do. And then he killed his wife. That's shocking. Okay. Or Steve Harvey. I'm not entirely sure Steve Harvey wasn't involved somehow. Or his mustache. Was Steve Harvey the host? Yeah. At the the time? Oh, yeah. This is recent. But yes, he's the the host that I, of the, the hostess with the mostest. The hostess with the (laughs) mustachest. Is that what you meant to say? Okay, cool. Let's go. Um, If you're a new listener... Get ready for more puns like that. You're welcome in advance. So this is season 32, episode 11. It's hosted by Keith, the lean king. Our Canadian king is taking us to Canada. We don't do many Canada stories, but when we do, Keith is the host. It's great. They never let Andrea go back. Has Andrea never been to Canada in an episode in Canada? I don't recall. I feel like maybe she's not allowed there. She's too gorgeous. They just don't let her back. Hmm. She just makes everyone feel bad. Is it about possible themselves. that Keith just that they're sent more to Keith and people don't know that Andrea's from Canada? I have a feeling people don't really know that information, but Keith speaks about it. Yeah, that could be. All right. So this starts with Keith doing an epic monologue. Yes. He was a ghost, a grainy image on a bit of security video. The whatever it was that lurked in a midnight dumpster. The mystery man rushing into the street with something under his arm. That he was up to something devious here in this big northern city seemed obvious. If only someone could make sense of his deeds as he slipped in and out of view like some prairie poltergeist. Just who was he, this man with no name? What did he do, and where did he go? Mm. That was Charles Dickens. But it also was Keith Morris. And it's very clear that this episode should have been entitled Keith and the Prairie Poltergeist. That actually would be a great like Hardy Boys mystery name. Or an Encyclopedia Brown. Perhaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Mm Mm-hmm. So the story starts in 2015, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And there is an explosion in a parking garage and a pedestrian did what Joni could never do and I could never do. Joni is Kimberly's mom. Joni is Kimberly's mom. She's very bad at her smartphone. But the one thing I'm very bad at my smartphone is getting the camera out quickly. I don't know why. I fumble. The pressure gets to me. 
if I see a cute squirrel or something, it's up in the tree by the time I get the video out. I miss yeah. this dog here sitting next to me doing so much cute stuff. I just don't think it occurs to me to take pictures of things. I'm, I forget. I'm at a desire to make our podcast go viral. So I'm constantly like, could this be good for our Instagram? Oh, I see. Could I start a TikTok? We have a TikTok, but I don't the think end, the last period. time I post yeah, something. We, we, have, we have a TikTok. And that's that. Let's keep going. So I think, I'm thinking, could I make this into something? But then sure. it, the moment passes me by. But this pedestrian is really fast, like a yeah. in a holster, just mm -hmm. shoom, and takes out the phone and films a man running away from, as Keith says, a smoldering hunk of an Acura sedan. So it almost sounds like he's objectifying and sexualizing the car there. Um, a hot, smoldering hunk of an Acura sedan. Yeah. That's something I would do, Keith. You're too good for that. So there is no victim inside the car. The owner of the car lives three hours away in Remington, 42-year-old Dwayne Demke, and he's missing. No one has heard from him for, since the night before. He was at a birthday party with friends, and then he left to go work a shift as a limo driver. No one has heard from him since then. And now his car was exploded. Hmm. So it's not looking good. Dwayne's friend Darren, who is on Dateline in a cowboy hat, but it is not that sharp angled. It's a swooper and not a sharp right angle DeLorean car door. He's in a cowboy hat. Flying none. Yep. And he is a rodeo rider, we learn. But he is also an amateur detective, thanks to growing up reading Encyclopedia Brown. He also has the nickname of the cowboy. No, he starts off as Darren the cowboy. He quickly becomes Cowboy Darren. And then for the rest of the episode, Keith just calls him cowboy. Yeah, he calls Not him cowboy the. pretty quick. It's great. No, the. He, he does say that his nickname is Cowboy. 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 Mm -hmm. And what's my nickname? Podcast. <laughs> it's better than Cheetos. I mean, what do you want your Hold my Cheetos. <laughs> is it because I say hold my Cheetos when I get upset? And I'm trying to make that a thing, like fetch, yep. and I'm trying to get it on merch? It might be Cheetos. I want merch that says hold my Cheetos, and then there's orange handprints. Has that not been made? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, get on it. TM, okay. I have a cricket now. <laughs> yeah. I can make this for you. So thank you to the listener who sent Katie a cricket. Thank you so much, Kelly. And I think that the Cheeto hands should be swiping as you wipe your sleeves across. <laughs> you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? As you're, you're crossing your arms and just wiping them mm -hmm. on your sleeves or, or on your stomach. Bottom. Yeah. Yeah, on your stomach, wiping across the shirt. Okay, that's exactly what I do. No so. one's going to buy those. No one wants, this is just for you. Do you want to look like a slob in public even more than usual? By Limited shirt? run of one. So Cowboy Darren, who, again, for the rest of the episode, Keith just calls Cowboy, goes to the operations headquarters for Revolution Limousine, where Dwayne works. And it is a parking lot with a bunch of, garages and he detectivizes that parking lot he takes photos from different angles he finds a black ball cap and a sheath for a knife and he takes pictures from a bunch of angles he takes gloves out of his car and he takes this evidence and he puts them in baggies he watches dateline 
You yeah. know it. He's ready. Impressive. Unlike the person a couple weeks ago where Andrea was like, you're screaming, don't touch the knife. He gets gloves on. Yeah. Dwayne's friend, Kalia, says that Dwayne was popular, fun-loving, generous. He was a hard worker. It is, he worked two jobs so that he could take a few months off every year and go be a scuba diving instructor in beautiful locations, which seems, what a life. Keith seems almost listful. He does. When he's yeah. hearing about this, he says, I just, he says something along the lines of, I know people who that would just be the dream or does something he, like does that. Does he mean himself? It feels like he means himself, but he couldn't possibly mean himself. It's someone close to him. I'm not going to deign to guess, but I, it did not feel like he was. It felt very personal. Felt very personal. And then at the same time, very far away. He was thinking of something <laughs> and we can't read Keith's mind. Oh, but we wish we could. Yeah, he was somewhere else, also maybe scuba diving. Maybe he's been scuba diving, and he was thinking about those times that he did and said, I wish that I could do that more often. Also, Keith lives in one of the most beautiful locations in the country, so he's fine, and he can take time off Dateline whenever yeah, he so wants. Yeah, so I'm not making meaning to make it sad, but there was something melancholy in the way that he said it, was. it right? It was. Yeah, wistful. there was a melancholy yeah. there. Okay. So... Dwayne had a crush on this friend, Kalia, but he respected that she had a boyfriend. Kalia and her friends love Dwayne so much that they become detectives as well. So everyone that knew Dwayne becomes a detective. They put up flyers. They put up a billboard. They use his iPad to find out that his phone last pinged along a highway going to Calgary. So they go and they search that highway. They don't find anything. The police are also working this. First is a missing persons case, but within a few days, they bring in homicide because they realize it's probably a homicide. Now, the bystander that filmed the guy running away also saw the guy do something incredibly bizarre. He takes his shirt off, but he had another shirt underneath. He yeah. had one of those double shirts like from the 90s. I think maybe. he just had a button down on, didn't he? Or did he have two T-shirts on? You, I'm always picturing a short sleeve over a long sleeve. No, no. I think like he had. A, I think he had a like a denim shirt and then an undershirt. Okay, so he takes you know, off the denim shirt. If it he, was denim, I don't and know. Yeah, he wrap. It was Paul Hollywood, and mm -hmm. he take. He was carrying a license plate, and he wraps the license plate in the shirt, and then walks away, super casual. And, no, I had to go back to this like nine times because yeah. I thought that he threw it in a garbage can. He did not throw it in a garbage can. He just wrapped it in a shirt and carried it with him. He just decided to just do it in the middle of the sidewalk. I'm just going to do this right now. I'm going to wrap this shirt. I'm going to wrap this license plate. Maybe it was just really hot. I get sweaty really fast sometimes. There's no way. He's trying to do... He's obviously done something here, and he, it's very bizarre. And there's a car that's on fire. Not that far away. So... Keith says, not suspicious behavior at all. But unfortunately, on this video, they can't tell who the guy is. They do know that he's not a professional arsonist because the fire was started very badly in the trunk. And then the person closed the trunk so that the oxygen supply is cut off and the fire stops. So thank you, Dateline, for giving a tip to all those amateur arsonists out there. Leave the trunk open. So informative. I think we can rule out, though, that this person was a member of any sort of scout troop, though. I mean, we're cutting down our suspect list, right? right. Who, who knows that the fire needs oxygen? Who learns that? Mm -hmm. Cub Scouts. 
Yeah, right? Isn't that adventure people? Yeah, people who have been on Naked and Afraid. Exactly. Our two detectives, the lead detective is Brian Robertson, who we get most of the time, and the other one is Rob Billaway. They are our two men, and I'm saying their names because I like them. I like them both, and they worked really hard on this. They did. Now, since the fire is not to completion... It leaves everything unburned in the car. So there's a bunch of documents and the car is still running. It didn't even turn off. It This is a terrible arson job. And on the back seat, something that you would want to get rid of in a fire, blood. Oh, yes. Blood. A ton of it. A ton of it. Also, Keith didn't actually say, oh, yes, blood, but I was expecting it. So I wrote it down and then he didn't say it and I left it in. What's funny is that I expected him to say blood, dot, 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 so much blood. And he didn't say that either. So neither one of us got our way. No. So we cannot be writers for Keith. He does not need us. No. Nor does he want us. So Keith says, how much blood was there? Was it blood that said you've had a nasty cut or blood that said you were dead? Number two. Number two, also that whole sentence phrasing was something Dennis Murphy would say. He loves to bluntly say that people are dead. So complicating things is that this car maybe belongs to a hoarder. There is junk and trash just piles everywhere. I think I saw a bottle of Pepto-Bismol on the floor in the front seat. There was also another license plate, a mini one that said Skyfall. Was it promo from the movie? Yeah, it must be a James Bond. Did you see it? I saw it, right? I was like, Skyfall? Like What's a that um, kitschy, like... Like a small... Okay, not like a not a bike license plate that you would get when for your niece or nephew that says... That says their name. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. not that. I'm t- it was a, a little bit bigger Jordan. than that. Yes, yeah, I feel like Jordan would have a personalized license plate for sure. on his or her bike. Yeah. So I want to say it was midway between tiny license, those license plates and a normal size license plate. So it was definitely a promo of something. But mm-hmm. why would Skyfall be on a license plate to begin with? What year did Skyfall come out? This was 2015. I don't really want to know. But someone's going to yell at us for not looking. At I'm going to look it up right now. So just pause. 2012. Is it possible that that little license plate has been in there for three years? Yes. Yes. Given the status of that car. Also. And given how long you left those hats in your car. Yes. When the hats that got little bugs in them. And that one time. Yes. yes. We don't talk about those hats. No, we don't. Join our Patreon to find out about the hats. <laughs> what if it was like a, in, an indoor skydiving place that had promotional material? Bingo. That's totally what it is. Like he seemed like a fun guy. So there's paperwork in the car, unburned, because the fire sucked, with the name of a woman named Angel. And it turns out she was a common law marriage to Dwayne, but they had broken up, but they were still best friends. They spoke every day. Too much communication for me. I'm done with you. But they were best friends still. And it was so close that her boyfriend had a huge problem with her spending so much time with Dwayne, and she eventually broke up with this guy, and he just hated Dwayne. And she thinks maybe he did it. It could have been this ex-boyfriend, Robert Aubrey Maxwell. And everyone in her life had told her to break up with this guy, Robert. He was bad news. Dwayne had said break up with him. She did. Angel, 
shows the police a video of Robert to show what he looks like. And he is on like a kid's playground set and he's wearing a hat and a jacket that are North Face. And guess what brand the hat was that was found in the parking lot of the limo service? North Face. So we have brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. North Face. Slash fashion police in one. One thing. the ultimate crossover. Unless it's like North Face, perfect for committing a murder and playing on the monkey bars with your kid. Sorry, or trekking across the country. I think North Face is like a, it's a hugely popular. And really, it's an adventure brand. And Robert goes on lots of adventures in this episode. So maybe he's representing that brand proudly. He's not. He's Um, not. Also, North Face is one of those sneaky brands that teenagers get into. I only know this because I can follow trends through my niece. And a few years back, all she wanted was this very specific North Face zip-up fleece. Really? Just that. And I think she wore it every day. Hmm. What do they think about Patagonia? No, Patagonia is not cool. Interesting. So the police send out the hat for DNA testing, but it'll take a while. They show, they're hoping it's a match for Robert. They show Angel the cell phone video that the person took of the guy running away. And she says, oh my gosh, that looks like Robert. If I was behind him on the street, I would call out Robert. And I would be like 80% sure that it was him. 20% sure I really embarrassed myself because we've all done that. She's a great interview. She really is. Because that's a great description. It convinces the cops, okay, we've got our guy, mm-hmm. just by that being that descriptive. Have Also, have you done that? I've been like, Joe, oh, Joe, oh, uh, not you, sorry, wrong person. Have you ever done that? There was a period of time, do you remember, before I got glasses? Yeah. That, and I was sort of insisting I didn't need them. Yeah. I believe that happened about once a month. It happened <laughs> constantly bad now the police are looking for robert but they can't find him he's missing and so they go back to the limousine company parking lot where cowboy kept searching and there's a security camera on a nearby building that kind of faces the parking lot but it's grainy grainy great it's so grainy it's like gives you all of your fiber needs for the day it is so grainy Because Sorry, that was a terrible joke. I don't know why it just popped out. That's very good. It's so grainy. It's so frustrating because they can have filters that make me look like a Kardashian and cars that can drive themselves on the freeway, but they can't get clear surveillance footage. What are they hoping to catch at the... A murder. No, but at a limousine lot. I'm trying to think what level, What? how much would you pay? What level would you pay for excellent surveillance? Well, it's not them. It's another business. So I don't know what that local business has that shares the parking lot. Nothing that they're worried about it being stolen. Yeah, you're right. It's not like computers or something. Right. So at 11.10 p.m. in the parking lot outside the limo company, they see the most sus thing ever. No, new listeners won't like that. The most suspicious thing ever. Old listeners don't like, old hosts, old (laughs) co-hosts don't like that. So they see a man walking across the parking lot. He goes to a dumpster and I thought they were going to say, put something in it. And he did put something in it. He put himself in it. Oh, I knew he was going in. You did? I was like, oh, he's going in. I had no idea. 
He's hiding in the dumpster. He crawls. He's gonna pee, he's gonna do the little fingers on the edge and yeah. creep up with uh-huh. just his eyes and yeah. be a super creep. Mm-hmm. There's nothing creepier than someone hiding in a dirty dumpster. No. He is hiding inside the dumpster, closes the lid on him. And Keith at this point is sitting in the interview with the detective and he's leaning way forward. And mm-hmm. he goes, what? And he snaps his head back so fast. I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. And I had to spend 20 minutes making a gif of it instead of taking <laughs> notes. I literally missed half the episode and had to go back because it took me so long to make a gif. But worth it. Because people worth it. enjoyed it and they shared it. And they loved it. All the people? Like 100 people. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. I would have been impressed if you'd said 10. Really? Yeah. No, let me see. I'm not on social media, though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what numbers. 440 liked it. So Kimber. Who knows how many even viewed it? Are you viral? I could see how Are many. Are you a viral internet 14, sensation? 14,000 saw it. Why didn't they like it then? Because <laughs> people don't like They just scroll. I would say 400 out of 14,000 is actually a fairly good percentage. You should be impressed. I'm impressed with you. Look at you. You're turning into a social media queen. Yeah, I'm... Kendall. Are you sure you want to do the t-shirt with the Cheetos? <laughs> yes. That might make you, that might get likes in like a different way. I don't care. I want to be real. I mean, it'd be brave. I want to be me. So two occasions, the camera picks up motion. And so this camera looks like there's a poltergeist inside of it. That's how much static there is on this video camera. But it's good enough that the motion detector picks up every time the lid peers up like five inches when the guy peeps his little eyes out in the creepiest way possible. Like I a don't frogger. think it's that bad then. It has to be good because of the motion detector, but the quality of the video is very frustrating. Oh, yeah, the quality. That's but what you I'm can saying. Kind of see, you can see the lid go up and down in the video. Yeah, but who is that person? Is it Oscar the Grouch? So they're really banking on the, the motion sensor lights turning on are going to scare whatever person, that whatever ne'er-do-well is in the area. Yeah, because if someone, let's say, breaks into a car or something, you're not catching the person. You might be able to find out what time they did it, but you're not catching them because it's not picking up anyone's face. It's just no. a blur. No. So Keith says when he hears about this, my, my, my which is his classic, which we don't hear that often, mark it off your bingo cards. By the way, if you're new, we have bingo cards on our website at daywithdateline.com, and you play them while you're watching Dateline. So there are two cameras inside the limo's garage. So the the limo company does have cameras inside the garage, just Mm -hmm. not outside, and they can see Dwayne coming in for his shift, and he cleans up his limo, and he, at 4 a.m., he is done with his shift. He sets the alarm and he walks outside. And something happens to him after this. Presumably, he is murdered in the parking lot. And that's when the camera doesn't work. The freaking <sighs> camera doesn't activate for a murder in the parking lot because there was a storm or something that knocked it out. So it got six inches of dumpster lid movement, but not a murder. And I don't know why, but I blame Elon Musk for this. They said it was an electrical storm. Yeah, sure. Which feels like, I mean, it's definitely Elon Musk, right? I, I has to be. So police try to find out more about Robert. But Robert is a mystery man. 
reminiscent of the man in the episode of Dateline, Mystery Man. The Mystery Man. <laughs> that we covered. And he was mysterious, and so is Robert. Not Nobody to be confused his... with a man of mystery or an international man of mystery. Correct. Who's also from Canada. Sorry, just <laughs> pointing out the obvious. Okay. None of the people in his life know where Robert lives, who his family is. It, does he have any siblings? Where did he grow up? They know that he's self-employed at a glass business called Arm, like A-R-M, Glass Industries. I don't know why. That must be short for something. Arm. Arm on his business card says Arm Glass Industries. Aubrey Robert Maxwell. He's flipping around his initials. Oh, smart. But why wouldn't you just call it Ram Glass? Ram is much more strong. Ram is better. Except maybe it makes you think of breaking glass, ramming. So does an arm. An arm makes me think I am elbowing through the glass so that I can open the door and burglarize someone's house. Oh, boy. You watch a lot of Dateline. That's (laughs) that's why. All right. So the business address of the business turns out to be just a storage facility, not really a business. So everything about him is fake. He's as fake as George, George Glass, except he's Robert, Robert Glass. No, Arm, Arm Glass. Arm Glass. He has no social media. No one has ever been to his home, including Angel, who has known him for over a year and dated him. He's a ghost. But he does have official paperwork. He has a government ID. He has a passport. He has an insurance card, all of that. They track his movements all throughout the city, like on the train and outside, and they can watch his movements, but then they lose him. And at that point, they don't know where he is, and he is gone bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> do bye, one more bye. time. You can do it better bye, than Bye-bye. That's for someone on Reddit who said they missed you doing that. And I said I would try to organically sneak it into an episode. That's Robert Durst, everybody. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. (laughs) So Robert is turning out to be a huge mystery. And speaking of huge mysteries, I want to tell you about June's journey. Oh, boy. If you want to be the detective at a crime scene where there is no real blood and the security footage always works... I'm talking about June's journey. If you think this case has been mysterious so far, you haven't uncovered the scandalous, case scandalique family secrets revolving around June's sister's murder. June's journey is a hidden object mystery game where you are glamorous June who lives in the 1920s and has stylish bangs and wears a chic red hat with a feather in it. And she's also trying to solve a murder. Oh boy. Along the way, there's romance traveling throughout the world, discovering clues in these gorgeous artwork scenes. You're also designing your own luxurious estate on a private island, as I assume everyone got to do in the 1920s. And this game is relaxing for me. I play it before bed. It is not stressful like some other games are. It's a hidden object game. And the scenery is so beautiful in all these different locations. You're like at a speakeasy and you're at a train station and you're in Paris. It's so much fun. And I love the secrets and the mystery of the game. I'm on chapter 15, Nightclub Blues, and I'm in the Louisiana Bayou. Oh. How was my accent? Do you want to try it without? No, <laughs> no, I don't. 
I'm committed. And you're tr- I'm trying to figure out what, what happened to Bobby. There's this other mystery going on. I think Bobby. someone's been framed. It is a whole thing. And there's like double crossing. Of course there's double crossings. You're in the bayou. That's what, I feel like that's what happened. I'm not going down for this. The double crossings and gators. <laughs> So please, everyone, discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. And please let me know what part of the mystery that you're on. I'm sure most of you are way ahead of me because I'm very slow. I like to really take my time. And I'm sure you guys have like already solved the mystery and are on to the next mystery. So please let me know. Let's discuss June's Journey. Thank you so much, June's Journey. Thank you. I love a mystery. I love a mystery. Katie, have you ever been so self-conscious about your hair that you broke security cameras so there wouldn't be proof? I don't need to. Do you know why? Because I have experienced the wonders of personalized hair care with pros. Most of you have probably heard us singing the praises of pros, but in case you haven't, switching to a custom made-to-order hair care routine from pros is one of the best things I have ever done for my hair. Honestly, probably the best thing I've ever done for my hair, especially as recently it has dropped about 20 degrees all of a sudden where I am. That messes you up. It messes with your hair. It's Mm -hmm. skin too, but really your hair. I am loving that my personalized hair care ensures that my hair is strong enough to withstand these cold winter months. It's not going to do that thing where all of a sudden it just turns to frizz. Pros knows there is much more to you than just your hair type. And they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz online, which is how I got started. There are four categories in the quiz, hair and scalp, treatments, lifestyle, and preference and goals. Which as I'm saying those last three, I'm realizing that that sounds a lot like questionnaires you'd fill out when you're going into therapy for the first time, (laughs) which tracks because pros is like therapy for your hair. Yes. It just makes it feel better. Yes. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, pros handpicks clean and sustainably sourced ingredients that get you so much closer to your hair goals with every single wash. In their formulas, there's everything you want and nothing you don't. The formulas are cruelty-free with zero parabens, sulfates, phthalates, mineral oils, or GMOs. They can even make your formula vegan, silicone-free, dye-free, or Mm fragrance-free. They've got it all wrapped up. Plus, The formulas smell amazing and you get to customize your scent. My favorite feature personally is the Pro's Review and Refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I do a major change in my life, which I do quite often. If you change up your address, change up your hair color, or even change up your diet. And as a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pro's is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. Yes. And if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. So what are you waiting for? Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Literally, your name is on the bottle. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today. Plus... 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. This is a deal not to be missed, folks. Go to pros.com slash date with dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date with dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation, 50% off your first subscription order plus 
15% and free shipping every subscription order after that. Don't sleep on this deal and don't snooze on having great hair this winter. Thank you so much, pros. I can't wait to strike pros. Pros, 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 pros. So Dwayne's friend, Kalia, who he had a crush on, says that she had met Angel and this guy, Robert, and she thought right away he was creepy. And she gives us, a lot of times people say, I just got a weird vibe from him on Dateline. She gives us the most specific reason why you would ever get a bad vibe from someone, which Mm -hmm. was they were at a birthday party. They are at a restaurant in a private room having a birthday dinner, and he is not talking to anyone. He is watching videos on his phone, and it gets worse, of people dying in car accidents. Yeah, that's creepy. Kalia, I agree with you. Call the police. (laughs) Just call the police. I think call the police. Take Angel to the side. Yeah. And be like, you need to get rid of this guy. Yeah. But you need to do it safely. So would you like to come and stay at my house for a while? (laughs) Exactly. He also had these old roommates. No one knows where Robert lives now, but he has these old roommates who got Kim kicked out because they were scared of him. Yes. I know where he lives now. (laughs) Where? We saw him get in. The The dumpster. dumpster. He's good. These old roommates had kicked him out, and after he moved out, they found a large knife and a sheath. And guess what brand it is? It's the same brand as the knife that Cowboy found in the parking lot. And also the same brand. It is called Gerber, and I find it so disturbing that there is there are two brands that are named Gerber, and one sells knives. And one sells baby food. I feel like that's not an accident. That's weird. I'm not sure why it's not an accident, but I... So you think the Gerber family, I'm assuming the knives came along after. I don't know. I feel like the knives were first. What came first? The knife or the baby food? (laughs) Weigh in in the comments. I wish there was a scene in Baby Boom where she was like competing against a knife company (laughs) or the baby food logo. I love that movie. Sorry. I forgot about that. It's Diane Keaton, right? Yeah. She's a gem. Yeah. So the knives are called a Gerber Senior and a Gerber Junior. Oh, so sweet. That's creepy too. It's like the baby food. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Like Big Bites or Little Tykes or whatever they're called. I don't know, but it's terrible. So we see on the screen what the junior looks like. And Keith says it's not really a knife. It's more of a machete. It's 12 inches long and it has saw teeth. No, thank you. No. This does explain all of the blood in the back of the car. And how much blood was? How much blood was there? Mm -hmm. The detective says that when they sprayed it with luminol, it glowed so much that you could see it from space. Now, I did like this detective, but I would like to remind him that the correct phrase, the correct analogy is lit up like a Christmas tree. That's what's on our bingo cards. That's what detectives always say. He's from Canada. See, Yeah, in Canada, they say see it from space. Correct. So the family is waiting to see if it was indeed Dwayne's blood in the car. And they're assuming that he is dead, but they don't want to give up hope. But there's so much blood. And Keith says they are in an awful grief-colored limbo, which I thought oh. was beautiful yeah. and sad. Do they, they know about the blood in the car? Are yeah. they being upfront that, oh, uh, yeah. okay, yeah. 
So police dig into Robert's life and they find out that he was once arrested for assault and they keep showing these photos of him that are like mugshots. But I was confused. It almost looked like one mugshot that they were using Photoshop to put weird hair choices on him and making his complexion more ruddy and changing it up slightly. Like in one, he has earrings on like hoop earrings and in one, he has spiky hair and in one, he has like a haircut that can only be described as a mix between can I speak to the manager and hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Oh, I thought it was a believer haircut. <laughs> or a believer haircut. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. Well, just keep that and, in mind. And it looked like to, a wig. When we get to my theory at the end. It 1000% looked like a wig just plopped on. Okay, I can't wait to hear. You didn't text me what your theory was. You just texted me I did me not. You had a I theory. just told you that I think I knew. It might also be terrible. So I'm just going to. You might also hate it, but I might be right. So Robert was arrested for assault, and thus he is in the criminal registry. So hopefully they'll get a match on DNA from that hat that was found in the parking lot. But even if it is a match, they still have to find Robert. So they put a flag on his vehicle, and they do find it in Vancouver at the coast, almost like he drove until he hit water. And the car has been abandoned there. There are parking tickets on it, and it looks ready to be stolen. The windows are open with the keys inside and a brand new cell phone just laying there. It looks too staged to be stolen, and criminals are smarter than that. They would think it was a bait truck, as the detectives call it. Criminals aren't that dumb. Which is also confusing because it's by water. It's not Not a truck that sells bait. Yeah, it is a bait truck like... He's, he wants someone to steal it and get their dirty criminal DNA all over it. And, but the dirty criminals know what he's up to. Know what he's up to. So he has cleaned this car so much that the forensic team say they had never seen a car so wiped clean. Even in between the door panels, I kind of wow. want him to clean my car because no. my cup holder is nasty. And in the truck bed, there's a small boat trailer, a plastic fork, and a piece of gum. And they think the rest of the car is so clean, maybe a pedestrian just threw them in the truck bed, a litter bug. Yeah. But they do send the gum and the fork off for testing just in case. And they try to figure out about this boat trailer. They assume it's going to be registered to Robert, like the car is, but it's not. It's registered to a dude in Vancouver who says he sold it and a jet ski to this guy. And the only important question the guy asked him, he paid in cash, was how far will this jet ski go on a full tank of gas? I was shocked. Are we going to get a getaway by jet ski? We have a full-on James Bond getaway getaway by jet ski, a.k.a. jetaway. A.k.a. Skyfall license plate in the car. All full circle. All full circle. There we go. So... There are these islands in British Columbia with unoccupied cottages just hanging out. Can we have one? Can we go? Can we? Is that cool? Can are we they just, just go? We just say, called it. What? Yeah, how does exactly. That work? Finders what keepers. Is, the, is it a squatter situation? Maybe it's like people live there part of the year, but whatever part of the year they're not there, I'll go. I don't care if it's winter. You might. Mm. You might care if it's winter. I might. It's, it's cold a- up there. And it was 88 here yesterday. So that's just rude. The detective thinks that 
he rode the jet ski to Washington State in Canada. I'm sorry, in the U.S. He went from Canada to the U.S. by jet ski. International waters by jet ski. No one would notice this? Well, Keith is there on the beach and he explains the situation. There is a ferry terminal that is out in the ocean, basically off the coast of Washington. And a jet ski could maybe ride around the ferry terminal and just be like, hey, I'm jet skiing. What's up? And not have to go through customs and just sneak into the U.S. Again, why is Dateline giving away all the things for the criminals? It seems like a lot of work, though. It does. You really have to be like fit and good on a jet ski. Committed. You really, I think that most criminals will be like, I'll take my chances at the border. Yeah. Not Ram, not Robert Aubrey Maxwell. He's going to do the most. But they do think, why would he go to the U.S.? They don't think he knows anyone in the U.S., which to me, I thought he seemed like a lone wolf anyways. He doesn't even want people to know where he lives. It's exactly what I thought. I was like, why would that matter? Wouldn't yeah. he just go and start over? That feels like he would just go and start over. Yeah. They search for the jet ski and they find that it had been washed up in Canada close to that ferry terminal. So two possibilities they think happened. He abandoned it and swam to the U.S., or he landed in the U.S. and then the tide washed the jet ski out. But And Keith goes, whatever. <laughs> doesn't really. Why he, does he say whatever? He's like, it doesn't really matter because he's in the U.S. <laughs> whatever. He's just trying to get him into the U.S. And then, yeah. so we can press on with the story. I get it, Keith. I yeah. get it. It's a lot of information. Yeah. This is a dense episode. So he, they know he's in the U.S., which means he rode that jet ski 13 nautical miles. And they say they feel like they're chasing James Bond. Finally, they're still waiting on the DNA from the hat. That still hasn't come back. But the DNA on the gum and the plastic fork come back. And it's not Robert's. So they think it's just a litterer's DNA. Just a freaking litter bug is unknown male one DNA. Then the North Face DNA comes back from the North Face hat in the parking lot, and it's not Roberts. And they're shocked because not only is it not Roberts, it's the same DNA as the gum, the litter bug. There we go. So at this point, I'm thinking Robert is an alien pod person who took over the real Robert's body and has different DNA. That is my theory as of right now. My theory, according to my notes, is that I thought that going to the U.S. was a fake out. Uh Uh-huh. When they said the jet ski washed back up Mm -hmm. in Canada, I was like, that's because he came back to Canada. Right. He just wanted you to think he was in the U.S. Totally. And that he was a different person. Right. That that was the name he was using, but that that was not him. So I was definitely wrong on one of them. Right. But I might have been right on the other. So the police had this whole theory that Robert was the murderer of Dwayne, and this is a fly in the ointment to the police's theory, which I don't like that. That makes me really sad. I feel really bad for that fly. Can I get him out of that ointment? Oh, I... Is he still alive? Opposite. I have fly problem here. No. Put him in the ointment. (laughs) Get rid of him. So they think maybe Robert had an accomplice. Now, this is the theory I don't like, because... 
This always happens with the wrongful convictions on Dateline. They will have some young teenage person of color that they are sure did the murder and they get them to falsely confess, but then the DNA doesn't match. And then instead of going, we have the wrong guy, they go, well, we know you did it, but you had a, a friend with you and they left their DNA. There's someone else there with you. So that's not right. Come bring me in. I'll tell you. So detectives need help. They are so confused right now and they can't see the forest for the trees. So they bring in the rest of the homicide unit and this guy, Kurt, who like can see things very clearly. And he hears what they're saying and he says, well, how do you know Robert is actually Robert? And they're like, oh, duh. Robert is not really Robert. We had a hint in that the episode is called The Man With No Name. So right. we got an early glimpse into this. But at that time, Kurt's a genius. Yeah, Kurt's a genius. Also, I thought that The Man With No Name was just because they had an unidentified man on surveillance footage for a while. And I was like, that's why it's called that. And then when this happened, I was like, oh, it's really like, that is a good title. Because at first I was like, that could be the title of any episode where you have surveillance footage of someone that you can't identify that you can't identify yeah got it so they find this robert this who they is robert they find his grandma who has not talked to robert for years he was living on the street in vancouver doing drugs and we learn that there are a dozen blocks of misery, the land of lost oh, souls are you not aware of hastings hastings i have seen about six or seven documentaries on this area of Vancouver because I need to know about the opioid epidemic. You watch way too many documentaries about drugs. I do, especially the opioid epidemic. Yeah. This is the perfect place to probably take someone's identity. Yeah. I'm surprised, you know, the little old ladies that were killing unhoused gentlemen for the life insurance. Yeah. This would be a perfect stomping ground for them. It is. And it's one of the saddest places I've ever seen. It's horrible. Yeah. And police there knew Robert very well because they would move him along. They would get him into shelters. They would deal with him like every week. So they know him very well, except after 2012, no one had heard from him. And his grandma reported him missing. The last thing he did was cash a check from Architectural Glass. George. George Glass. Was it arc glass and not arm no, glass? No, I thought the same thing. It said art glass, but now it's architectural glass. Wait, art or arm? Oh, I'm sorry. It was arm. And now it's architectural? <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. And so police call architectural glass and the guy says, oh yeah, this is Robert. I'm fine. I work here now. I'm not missing. I don't want to be in contact with my family. Mark me off as not missing, please. Take oh take me off your list. And so the police do. And they tell the grandma he doesn't want to talk to you. And she accepts that, which is so sad. This poor this woman. This is horrendous. It's horrible. So two years later, all of this happens with Robert in the whole thing with Dwayne. And police show up and they show the grandma the photo of the Robert that the police know who wore the hat and dated Angel. And she says, that's not my grandson. Oh, no. So police in Vancouver have a photo of their Robert, their houseless Robert. And it's not the current Robert. So 
Robert Pardieu most likely killed original Robert and stole his identity, which means Robert Pardieu has now killed two people, Dwayne and original Robert. This is insanity. Wow. Speaking of insanity, some of you still haven't tried Bombas. What? Did they tell us that? That there are people that have not tried it yet? Yeah. And okay. I, we need to have a serious heart-to-heart sit-down. We probably should because Bombas is not only one of the best companies on earth, they make the best socks, underwear, t-shirts, slippers, known to man. Mm-hmm. And it's winter time. It's winter time. Let's get huga. You got to get warm. You got to get cozy. Huga. Also, it's that time again, by the way. Where you start giving gifts again? Yes. When you give Bombas this holiday season, you're giving more. You're giving more comfort because Bombas socks, underwear, t-shirts, and slippers are made with such ridiculously soft materials. You will want to give them. You will also want to keep a few for yourself. But the most good that Bombas does is every item that you purchase from them, they donate another one of those items to someone who needs it. Mm, Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested items in homeless shelters. So when you buy yours from Bombas, you're also donating essential items to those who need them. We just talked about Hastings. Think about that. Think about how great it would be for some of those people Mm -hmm. to get clean socks, clean underwear, t-shirts, and warm ones for the winter months. One purchased equals one donated. And Bombas feels good. It feels good to give to others, and it feels good to put Bombas on. They're your go-to basics for getting cozy. Everything is made to make you feel more comfortable. They make breathable yet supportive underwear. They make Sherpa-lined slippers. Even better, two packs of Sherpa-lined slippers so you can buy one for yourself and one for your unsuspecting sister, cousin, best friend, two packs. Or keep them both. And don't forget about their famous socks that are the most ultra plush. They're made from such nice materials. They have merino wool sweater blend and cashmere blend calf socks. I have my eye on both of the four packs of those specific ones. They keep your toes really toasty and I'm a constant in-house sock wearer. I am never Mm -hmm. barefoot and bombastic is my go-to. Bombas has ready-to-go gift boxes as well, filled with high-quality basics that your loved ones will enjoy all year long. They're the perfect holiday gift, but if for some reason they don't absolutely love them, your gift is also covered by a 100% happiness guarantee. That makes it super easy to make a return, to do a size exchange. It's truly no hassle. We love Bombas at a date with Dateline, and we know you will too. So go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Yes. Wow. Get over there. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Bombas.com slash date dateline code date dateline. Bombas, 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 bomb, 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 I love the holiday jingle. Thank you so much, Bombas. Katie, I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Relief Band. Oh yeah. When it comes to nausea, you have to get Relief Band. It's the number one anti-nausea wristband that quickly relieves and effectively prevents nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, gross criminals on Dateline that make you sick to your stomach, all of the above. It is natural, fast acting, and it'll last as long as you need it. It's drug free. So it doesn't make you drowsy. It won't knock you out. Zero side effects. You literally just put it on your wrist. 
I have been getting this really fun thing with my GI system <laughs> where I wake up in the middle of the night incredibly nauseous, like so nauseous that it wakes me up. Oof. I now keep my relief band next to me in bed so I can just plop it on. And within a few minutes, I feel so much better and I can go back to sleep. Amazing. It's saving me. And also, I take a lot of medications. I don't want to take any more. This is yeah. no medications. It sends these like electrical impulses to your brain that go, brain, stop being nauseous. And your brain's like, what? Okay, sure. I guess so. No yeah. prob. And then it stops being nauseous. Also, Relief Band has an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and over 100,000 satisfied customers. You can't beat that. We have like 1,000. If you have nausea, you need to try a Relief Band. Yeah, it's a brand that you can trust. It treats and prevents nausea. It prevents nausea from happening in the first place. It also makes a great gift for anyone that suffers from nausea. Right now, Relief Band is running their biggest sale of the year for Black Friday. So head on over to ReliefBand.com to receive 20% off your purchase plus free shipping. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Ooh. Get some relief with Relief Band and give the gift of relief with Relief Band. I am giving a relief band this year myself. I have someone who suffers from nausea in my life, and I'm not telling them, and I'm very excited. I love that. So if you're listening and you suffer from nausea. It's not you that she's talking about. It's somebody it's not, else. It's definitely not you. So act surprised. So wait, it just don't think it's about you. It's not you. Not you. Somebody Thank else. Thank you, relief band. Thank you, relief band. So the police keep going back to Angel as their like inside spy because she seems to know Robert pretty well. And Angel says he had spent some time in Washington, like Washington State. Hmm. And so they contact Washington State DMV and they want them to run Robert's photo through facial recognition. And they also want the FBI in the U.S. to run the unknown DNA through CODIS. But the FBI needs a name to run the unknown DNA through CODIS, but the detectives don't know the name. That's why they're going to UFBI. It's a real catch-22. Yeah. They need the name to submit it through CODIS, but they're submitting it through CODIS so they can find the name. It's a double-edged Gerber. There you go. <laughs> so it's basically all down to the Washington State DMV, which I would assume is as ineffectual as California's DMV, but they're not. They do a good job. I'm going to be honest with you. I've now been to DMVs in a couple of other states. Yeah. It's different elsewhere. Better? Yeah. Oh. I always thought it was going to be really, really bad everywhere. It's not the case. Yeah. Just sucks here. There's a lot of people in LA. It's really bad. In <laughs> it's dateline waiting to happen. <laughs> so the Washington State DMV finds something. They find 25 photos that their system says could be a match to the photo of Robert that they have. And one of them gets a perfect score in the matching and looks a lot like Robert. And this person's name is Jason Stedman, which sounds like an action star of Speed 4. Yeah. More it's, it's on a train. Yeah. And a tuk-tuk. So explains it in India. <laughs> No, it's a tuk-tuk in L.A. It's weird. It's weird. Oh, no, no. Like in downtown? Yeah. No, That's I just terrible. made this up. Do you think I'm being real? No, I'm trying to picture the movie. 
I'm trying to picture it. So it's a tuk-tuk in L.A. Jason Stedman is, yeah, he's riding the train and he meets. He's a cop, though. He's a cop. Off duty. No, but it's mm-hmm. his last day. No, no, it's definitely not his last day. But he's thinking of quitting. Yeah, he, he wants to bad, be a painter. He had a bad experience that we keep getting flashbacks to, which yeah. we don't know what it means yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes through Little China and yeah. Little LA. Tokyo. Little Tokyo. Little Tokyo. Yep. And there are tuk-tuks there. And yeah. he might be in Little India, no, too. you mean he goes to Chinatown. Sorry. He goes to Chinatown in San Francisco? Or is it LA? It, it, I'm not really sure. There, is there a Little India? <laughs> little Bangkok? No, there is, is a, there little a Little Armenia, though. Could he be in Little Armenia? <laughs> Possibly. Tuk-tuks have become very popular in a lot of different places in LA, apparently. So he's in, in a little tuk-tuk. He's in a tuk-tuk in Santa Monica. And the tuk-tuk <laughs> has to go faster than 12 right. miles an hour or it blows right. up. How about this takes place on the Venice boardwalk? That could work. And it's not a tuk-tuk. It is one of those guys who rides a bike and he pedals and he has like a chariot behind you. Yeah. And he pulls you in like a basically a wagon. It's a wagon. He's painted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a painted and wagon. And he keeps trying to sell you weed. Yes. And there are bodybuilders. Hey, you guys looking to party? What you doing later? <laughs> My friend has a hot tub. <laughs> Don't do that. That's Don't ever go movie. in a stranger's hot tub in horror. Venice Beach. No. So now the FBI has a name. They can run that unknown DNA as Jason Stedman. And it comes action back. Action star. Yeah, from action speed star. Four. Speed tuck, four. Tuck. It's actually four and a half. Speed four. Tuck, tuck on Venice. <laughs> so it comes back. Yes, this is Jason Stedman's DNA. So Jason Stedman is the guy we knew as Robert. And that was his hat at the crime scene and his gum in the truck. But Jason Stedman is likely made up as well. They don't know if Jason Stedman is actually this guy's real name. Because it sounds like a fake name. Yeah, it does. So this Jason has done some time in Florida in the 90s. He had also built a life for himself in Washington State. He has a daughter and an ex-wife there. Her name, the wife is Jennifer. And she knew him as Jason. Just Jason. Very... (laughs) Share. And fans of Drag Race will know Jan as just Jan. Just Jan. Mm -hmm. So literally when she met this guy, she looks at his driver's license and it says, Jason, no last name. I didn't know that was possible. So he tells Jennifer, I really hated my family and I didn't want to be associated with them anymore. So I legally changed my name to Jason, no last name. What was it before? Unsure. Nobody knows. Jennifer never knows. That's not deleted from the world, though. So why don't they tell us what it was? I don't know. It drove me nuts. So she thought he was very charming and chivalrous. And he wanted to settle down right away and have a baby. He started buying baby stuff before she was even pregnant, before they got married. And she thought this was sweet. Jennifer, run. He has no last name. I don't care if he opens the door for you. I don't care if he gives you Bombas. You need to run. How big of a red flag is the no last name? It's the biggest I've ever heard of. It's a shroud. You're wearing it. It's the size of planet Earth. It is the red planet. It is (laughs) Mars. Instead of a red flag, it's the whole red planet. It's, yeah, okay. 
So they get married, and he takes her last name, which is Stedman, which is how he becomes Jason Stedman. And they had a baby, but then he stopped being chivalrous. And it's one of those. His A switch flips. He becomes a monster. He becomes abusive. And he mm. says, I'll kill you if you take away our daughter. If you take away my daughter. Yeah. So one Thanksgiving, they're sitting around for dinner, and there's a pounding at the door. 20-plus FBI agents with battering rams and guns. And we see the local news, and this young teen girl is very nonchalantly explaining how this raid with the FBI and machine guns went down on her street on Thanksgiving. She's like, and then there were guns, and they had battering rams, and there were like 50 cars, and it said FBI on their chests, and it was wild. And I don't know what exactly this guy did. All I knew is that like during the day, he drove a tuk-tuk, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure what his <laughs> Jason is arrested and the shocking one of the shocking things is how his appearance changed so much. He was much more size beautiful at this time. He was more fluffy at this time than he was in other photos. So and like much more, much more like a big yeah. difference. And so apparently what happened this time that got him arrested is he was fired from his delivery job and he decided to get back at his boss as you do by sending him white powder in the mail and death threats and planting pipe bombs so they charge him with homeland terrorism and wow. it turns out the powder he used was cornstarch and the bombs were dummies so he just gets two years in prison but that gives jennifer some time to get away However, he gets out in one year and he tries to get in touch with her and the baby. Jennifer mm -hmm. gets a restraining order, but he, ev he evades it by being like, you can't find me. If you can't find me, you can't serve me. So he just j runs and disappears. He's never where they're looking for him to give him this restraining order. So they set up a sting. He has to show up at his parole officer's office and we'll give him the restraining order then, but he doesn't show up. He is now on the run again, and they find out that he had been looking into one-way bus tickets for him and a child, but he apparently left without the child. Jennifer is terrified. She gets full-time security, even to the bathroom at work, like, all the time. She was terrified he was going to come and hurt her and take their child, but Jason has disappeared in the wind. He has gone to Canada, oh, where boy. he takes original Robert's life and identity and applied for a government ID card as Robert gets all the paperwork becomes Robert. He starts a glass company. He starts dating Angel. He most likely murders Dwayne, allegedly, and sheds his Robert identity like an old coat. And now he's gone in the wind again. And so police again go back to Angel and she says, you know, he told me he would never go back to the States. He does speak Spanish, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Mexico. So hmm. meanwhile, Jennifer in Washington State has no idea about any of this in Canada. She doesn't know there's been a murder in Canada, that they're looking for him. She's just glad he's gone. But then one day her mom calls her and says he was just here. No. And our, your daughter was here who is now six, this little girl. He shows up, talks to the six-year-old and said, I'm your daddy. No. And Jennifer is terrified he's going to take the little girl. She races home, 
but he's gone and he's left the little girl. Thank God. And Keith is so tender during this interview. Like he really understands how scared Jennifer was. And it's very, oh, yeah. very sweet. This is so dramatic. This whole section is, I was terrified. Terrified. So then our detectives in Canada get a call from a U.S. marshal because shockingly, Jason turns himself in in the States, but it's a sneaky turn in. So he does it on purpose. He has been evading his warrant as Jason Stedman, and he realizes I need to be free without the like people looking for me as Jason. So I st- if I turn myself in and serve a few months of this sentence, then I can go about my life as Jason. They're not looking for me in Canada. He thinks they have no idea who he is in Canada. And he just wants this Jason thing to be all wrapped up. So oh he shows up in court and the U.S. Marshal says, oh, by the way, you're wanted for first degree murder in Canada. There we go. And he puts his head down. He thought he really had conned them, and he had no clue they were on to him. He thought he was so smart by, and Keith repeats this more than once so we understand, because he knows how confused we are at this point, because they're not giving us a chart. So he says, he left that evidence on purpose. Yes, dummies at home, it is bears repeating. He left that North Face hat and sheath on purpose to make sure his Robert persona was connected to the Dwayne murder and that they would be looking for this Robert guy while he's off being Jason in Washington. Right. It all came down, though, because he didn't know that the gentleman with the drug problems, the original Robert, had a record and so his dna was in the system and if that hadn't happened he could have gotten away with it but because he had a record so he the con man got conned five months pretty great it's so it was also like picture it i'm sure that i'm sure that the real ram the real aubrey maxwell i'm sure had a lot of trouble right and troubles but ended up solving this crime. He did from the grave. Yeah. yeah. So five months later, a farmer finds skeletal remains in a ditch in Canada and they are Dwayne's. So he just put his body in a ditch, essentially. And now oh. the family has some of them are happy that there's resolution and some of them are sad because now they have to accept the fact that he is, in fact, dead. Yeah. Jason is turned over to Canada for Dwayne's murder, but he's refusing to speak without a lawyer. And Keith says, what does he say? Like a a robot springing to life and then shutting back down again. Yeah. So anytime they asked him a question, he would like power up (laughs) and say that I can't help you with that. I'm going to wait for my attorney. And then he'd go, oil can. He just looked down, I guess. Now that I am... Now as I die, I finally know what it means to be alive. Alive. No one knows that that is from. But we're and, still gonna do it. And they never will. So. And I can never find a clip of it. And I've looked uh, everywhere. That's so frustrating. So. What's going to be frustrating is when I do find the clip and it's not that. I know. We've probably been saying and it wrong for it years. Wrong over and over again. Yeah. That's just the way it happens. So they ask about the real Robert. 
because they believe he killed him as well and he still won't talk. But it's more than like, I won't talk. He sits there frozen, like he's not there. Like he's, and then he closes his eyes like a child who's like playing hide and seek and thinks that if they can't see you, that you can't see them. And so the poor detective is like, do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't know what's happening right now. Are you meditating or what's happening? And she's so nice because she's yeah. Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Are you Sorry, in there, we fella? We need you to answer. Sorry. Gonna need Can an you answer? answer? Can you open one of those peepers for me? You okay? No, no idea what's... She's way too nice to him. So I would have been nice. very mad at him. So they do more digging and they find out that while he was on the run, he was actually for part of the time in upstate New York at his half brother's apartment. He has a half brother who is so excited to be interviewed by police and to have a potential serial killer in his family. He's ready. He's been waiting for this interview. I was like, he's going to do something bad and I'm going to have to, I'm going to rat on him. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jason, his half-brother, emails him out of the blue, says, I'm coming to town. Can I stay with you? Don't tell anybody. And the- Don't tell anybody is the... And Chris is like, sure, that seems legit. No problem. I think he's used to his brother not being legit yeah. for all of his life. So he's yeah. just like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I won't tell anybody. And so Chris is like grinning to the cops at this drama that he gets to convey to them. I don't think so. I think it's more like I was right. This feels like something that he's maybe been telling the family for a while, like that boy ain't right. Oh. He seems like he's been saying for years when he gets interviewed by law enforcement that he's probably done something horrible. He's like, I was right. Uh Uh-huh. I told you. I told everyone in the family and no one thought that everyone thought he was harmless. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, nope, he's a sociopath. And so he says, I think that... I always knew by the way he talked, filled with rage, and he would say stuff like, you don't know the half of the horrible things I've done. I could tell he had been involved in some sort of lethality. (laughs) Lethality. Lethality's good. And then he says, I asked him where he got that ID, and he said on the dark web. From Holland. From Holland. They leave Holland alone. Holland is known for windmills and fake IDs. And metal music, but is there weird stuff on the dark web from Holland? I don't know. Sound off in the chat. <laughs> Isn't the girl with the dragon yeah. tattoo from like Norwegian area? Norway? I, I don't, don't start it. I think she's huh? from the Netherlands. Netherlands. Nordic. Dragon tattoo. Swede. Sw- sw- girl with the dragon tattoo. Stockholm. Sweden. Sweden. There we go. Good job. So when he heard the story about this Robert going missing, he thought that MFer's dead. And again, he's grinning to the police as he's saying, Mother Effer is dead. And then he corrects himself and he says, I mean, not to make light of it, I feel sorry for the guy, but they need to find his body, you know? And I know my brother did it, but they better find his body. And they say, did he ever say anything to you about him? And he goes... I'm thinking sewers, which is not what they asked him. Doesn't matter. They started at the beginning, like, did he ever mention Robert? And he goes right to where he thinks the body is. And he's very casual. He's like a cool kid in school. And he's like, I'm thinking sewers. 
can't make the sound on the podcast, but he's, he's hitting the table. It's hitting his mic too, wherever he's mic'd in the room. He doesn't know that like his tapping and like he's just sort of stemming the whole episode. I think yeah. that's what it, he just kind of can't stop moving. Yeah. And so he's doing all these ratatats and mm-hmm. stuff on the table, but it picks up everything on the mic. Yeah. And yeah, he jumps in with sewers like that. I'm thinking sewers and they say, sewer. what, what'd you say? Sewers. Sewers. Why do you think that? And he goes, just because. He likes sewers. He has been wanting to tell this story. He wants Storyworth to sponsor him so he can tell the story of my half-brother, the serial killer. Who maybe did something weird in the sewer once. For sure. I don't think the thing is, I think he's had no proof his whole life that his brother was off. Yeah. Like that something was dangerously wrong. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that this is now finally like the chickens have come home to roost. But he's he like he kinda... doesn't want to be too excited because people have died, but he's also very excited. I think yeah. I think this is it. This is okay. the moment. And he his job everything in his life is really boring, but this is now become I don't this think huge so. Thing. I think he's a normal guy. I gotta disagree on that. I don't feel like that. He seems like a pretty animated guy. I think it, I the feeling I get from him a hundred percent is I knew it. Okay, so he's been going to like hockey games and football games with his friends and kind of dropping hints like there's something not right with my half bro. Yes, 100%. There's something not right. And they're like, I wouldn't be surprised. Stop talking about your brother. No one cares. You think he's a killer. He's not. He's not weird. He's fine. And now there's a dateline. And now there's a dateline. And I'm on it. Yeah. Except interestingly enough, he's not on it. It's only on this interrogation footage. He is not on dateline he's still on it yeah but do you think he said no no i think they didn't ask i think they have a lot to get through in this i think they had to pick and choose yeah because he would have been on it for sure and i think that dateline wants to go into most of the time the backstory of the victims victims. they do not want to go yeah like yeah so the detective thinks that he probably killed robert and put him in a dumpster in an alley in Vancouver. He's walking with Keith through an alley and says, look at all these dumpsters. He's He'll be in a landfill somewhere and they'll never find him. So they're, they don't think that they will ever find Robert's body. And they haven't charged him yet for Robert. But they do charge him for Dwayne. And they think he hid in that dumpster. He stabbed Dwayne. He dumped the body. And he set the car on fire. But... They never get a motive out of him because he never really talks. And they think the motive is that he blamed Dwayne for Angel breaking up with him because he was always jealous of how close she was with her ex, Dwayne. Katie, do you have other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do you want to say them now? Nope. Save it for the end. We're almost done. So the trial is for two months. It's a long trial because can you imagine how confused the jury is? It's mm. so confusing. I don't feel you feel like it's confusing? Yes, I'm still confused. So with what? about the location and which happened where and the whole thing with the bodies and the two different the DNA. It's all confusing to me. Okay. So he shows no emotion during the trial, and in three hours of deliberating, they find him guilty. And he gets life in prison and no chance of parole for twenty five years, and he declines to speak with Dateline. He also looks Incredibly different in the interview footage we get of him, by the way, at the end. He's a chameleon. He has dark hair and kind of a dark chin strap beard. 
from what I could see, it's not super clear. But I was like, is that him? Yeah, it's weird. It's bizarre. Okay, what's your theory? He is a chameleon, and that's what my theory is. So what I wrote down and what I texted you before the end, because I wanted to go on record because I was pretty sure that they were getting ready to say that I was right, that my motive was right. I 100% absolutely thought that he killed Dwayne specifically to take his identity because he was killing people who he looked similar to. He looked a little bit, he didn't look exactly like, but enough to get away with getting a passport with the ID of Robert Aubrey Maxwell. The problem is that the first time he did that with Robert, it was someone that no one really would miss except the grandma who had not spoken to him for a while because he was living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Dwayne had two jobs and a million friends. Right. So I think that he was going to make it look like his old persona had killed him and then take his new persona in the United States to try to get his daughter. Yeah. I think he was trying to get a new persona in the United States so he wasn't Jason Steadman. Yeah. But needed to shed this other persona first. Yeah. It, what struck me is when they show the three pictures and he has the earrings. So Dwayne has a really specific look and it's double earrings mm-hmm. and then sort of a wide face mm-hmm. and a baldy kind mm-hmm. of head. And when I show the picture with the lineup of all the pictures of what Jason Stedman has looked like, they show the one with the earrings. And I said, well, that looks like Dwayne. And I said, oh, well, that's why he did it. He's trying to take someone else's information that looks like him. And it just, to boot, it happens to be a little bit of a... Revenge. You know, F you mm-hmm. to this guy who I didn't like so much. I can't clinically diagnose anyone. I don't know how much he really cares about emotion. Angel or emotion, yeah. Right. Does that make sense? So it, it would be a sort of thing where, would he be that jealous? What if Dwayne had been doing some digging and finding out that he's very mysterious and on to him, and then he was like, oh, I got to get rid of this guy. Could be that, too. He's asking too many questions. But you don't think they look a little bit alike, that it would be kind of... Yeah, I can see that. I just think that's a really risky person to kill, and it's way more le- more easier to kill someone who is not as much on the the radar. A transient type person person. who's moving from place to place or has an addiction issue. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. Well, that was my thought. But I like it. I think it's a good theory. I think I'm sure people are going to agree with you. Well, they did not. They thought that it was purely revenge. It just didn't seem like he was that in... He didn't seem like a revenge killer. He seemed to kill for a very specific reason. Yeah, for necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that could be. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Yeah. This episode is dedicated to two of our Patreons. Carrie D and Dallas R. To me, sound like radio DJs on the ones and twos. Could be. Carrie D. This is Carrie D and Dallas R. We're coming to you live on on your morning drive. For all those times you stood (laughs) by me. That's what they always play. It's not what they always play, but it's what I always think radio DJs play. Old Celine Dion. No, you guys are probably playing like more than a feeling. I know. I think they're playing like Huey Lewis in the news. That's the power of love. Oh, yeah. They could do that. All right. I like that. For my morning drive, that's what I would want to hear. Don't take money. Okay. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) It definitely could be that. But you know what? This podcast does take money. 
It takes money to keep the lights on and the mics on. And Aww. Carrie D and Dallas are doing it for us. Thank so, you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you so, so much. We do. B-roll bonanza. Keith goes to Vancouver. Keith goes yeah. to the East Downtown. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. That shocked me the most. That was the most shocking walk around. We didn't really talk about it. but Because it's not safe for him there. It is. I think it would hurt your heart. Yeah. I see people sometimes do these like sort of handheld videos and it sort of bothers me. I have problems with it. They do it in Kensington and Philadelphia too. And I'm like, unless you're down there passing out sandwiches. Right. They're not zoo or like clean supplies for people. Yeah. Or, you know, have Narcan. I don't know why you're down there. Yeah. It's not a freak show. Yeah. That bothers me. But Keith, he's just a brave, he's a brave reporter. He's there on the scene. Yeah. We see a photo of Dwayne with a giant Olaf behind him. We do? I, I wanted to know more. Was it for, was that from one of the birthday parties that they went to? Maybe he the, liked Olaf. Maybe Olaf was his guy. Maybe. There was a shot that's a jet ski first person jet ski. It's a handheld jet ski. We are the person on the jet ski. Have you been on a jet ski? No, but now I feel like I have. Should we go on a jet ski? Sure. When we go to, when we go to Secrets. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go, go on a jet ski. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you see Cowboy driving in his Hummer? <laughs> cowboy should have a truck, right? Yeah, Cowboy should have a truck. But Cowboy, I mean, it tracks, but it was like, oh, Hummer. Interesting. There's this strange shot. Not really. It's like of that downtown area. And there's a guy riding a bike with a dog on the back of his yeah. bicycle. It's like a bicycle with a pedal. With the, I had, the dog was not wearing a helmet. I don't know how that dog was balancing on there. I was concerned. Maybe that's his trick. I don't know. We've got Encyclopedia Brown books. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they got them, but they managed to do just a B-roll shot of three Encyclopedia Brown books that looked old. I'm sure you could get them at the library or on eBay. They don't have time for that. Well, maybe they it's stock footage from NBC. Maybe somebody had them. Maybe somebody's like, oh, I still have my whole collection. Well, Keith was a fan of the Hardy Boys, I believe he said. Yeah, I think so. In one of our, not Keith, Mank, I think, said he liked the Hardy Boys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. But maybe someone had encyclopedia. So maybe Keith Keith was Encyclopedia Brown. You never know. Yeah, we get the ex-wife Jennifer walking, not by a body of water. And then we get, is it Kayla? Callie. Callia. Callia. Kalia sitting in a courtyard with heels on. We don't always see heels on Dateline. She's got a good three inch on. Hmm. I liked it. She's a fancy lady. And detectives detectoring in their office. Yeah, always. With a very small whiteboard. Their whiteboard was tiny. They need a bigger one. Yeah, we do. We should send them one. Brand's unhappy being on Dateline. Jet skis? I mean, North Face and Gerber. And Gerber. Gerber. Both Gerbers. No, not the baby food. Yeah, the baby food is upset by just a, so by name mention. Yeah, just by name mention, yeah. James Bond? Yeah, he's very unhappy. Yeah. This guy did think he was James Bond. For sure. He is no James Bond. Okay, titles. Accurate assessment. There we go. A gummy situation. Okay. North face, south face, east face, west face. Because he went everywhere. Oh, that's good. North by northwest face. There we go, because it's Hitchcockian. 
Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's psycho music. Never mind. I forget the North by Northwest music. Literal garbage people. Yeah, literal. I put dumpster fire of a human. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Yeah, that's all I got. And what about we know who started the fire? <laughs> I like it. There you go. It was always fun. This was, they did a great job. This was a really, a lot of information. You did a really good job on the recap, but they had to fit so much in this episode. Everyone, this is one, I know there are some people out there that just listen to us. You should watch this episode because it's a lot of information. Yeah. Right? But I would say definitely watch. You got to watch, watch for Keith episode. or go to our social media and look at the gif I made. Look at the gif Kimberly made and tell her she did a good job. But wait, then wait, also, wait. What are you doing? That's Hopefully that'll pick it up. I don't know. That's Keith saying what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I got it. Oh, he leans back. Yeah. He's forward. Then he leans back. Do you know how to put text on it? No. I got to figure that out. Okay. I have a text on. Do you want me to try it? Yeah. So okay. what are you going to say? What? I will help what? you with the GIF. Yeah. I can put a text on it that says what? I can do that. I think I know how to do that. I'll take the one without the sound, and I know I do know how to add text. I actually downloaded an app that was a GIF app on GIF. It was like a GIF maker app. What is, is this about the dad and the grandpa who are arguing about the murderous? This is every family. This is hysterical. Are they, I know. Are they I getting want, way every too year into it? someone sends me that for the last like four years, and I'm obsessed with it, and I want to do it with my family. They're so into it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to all of our new people and a special thank you to all of our loyal, longtime listeners. And follow us on social media, please, at Date Dateline and check out our Patreon where we do bonus episodes and we talk about TV and we do a lot of fun stuff. And... And check out our other podcast that's happening right now, A Date with the Bake, which yes. is about the Great British Baking Show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and be your own jet ski. Be, be your own tuk-tuk. Be your own tuk-tuk. Sorry, for new listeners, it started with be your own Bugatti, which is like a female empowerment, but it somehow changes each episode, something we think of off the top of our head. And I think be your own tuk-tuk is I think be your perfect. own tuk-tuk is, is good. Because it's another um, mode of transportation besides a Bugatti. <laughs> the only thing that I was trying to think of is a be your own share, like be your own one name. Yeah. How did he do it? We'll never know. Yeah. If anyone else lines? out there done it, let us know, please, how you did it and show us a picture of your license because I want to see a driver's license where it's blank there. And did you do it with just like a normal first name? Like it's just Beth. Right. It's not like. It's not like an expanded name. It's not like how Prince did the symbol, the right. artist formerly known as. Did you do it with a name that many people have? Do, is there a, just a Ryan yeah. out there? And people are like, <laughs> Ryan, what? No, just Ryan. Yeah. I kind of want to do it. All right. I just, uh, it's really great. It's a fun <laughs> thing. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. It seems like one of those places where you fake skydive, where they blow the air at you. Um, you it's float. not fake. It's called indoor skydiving. And when I do it, because it's on my bucket list, I will tell people that I've gone skydiving. And I'll go indoor skydiving.
I'm not going to blow your cover on that because you I'm a will. good friend. You'll be like, it was indoor skydiving. She did it I at the mall. I won't because I can see it means something to you. And so I'm I'm not going to do that to you. I'll let you have it. I'll just walk away. It's the only kind of skydiving I've ever done. If you start to talk about it, I'm just going to leave the conversation. <laughs> I'm just going to walk. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm starving. I'm going to go get some Cheetos. <laughs> I'm going to leave the other to another area. <laughs> Thank you. That's really You're nice welcome. of you. I'm going to let you have it. Thank you. But I've just blown my cover on the podcast. But I do you really do. want to do it. Maybe this is my birthday. But I will put this at the end. So only <laughs> some people listen to the end. So if you're listening to this at the end of the podcast. Leave a skydiving emoji in the comments. Is there a skydive emoji? <laughs> there should be. Leave a down arrow. Okay. Like you're down, you know? Oh, wait, yeah. no, that's going to look bad. That's going to be like people are downvoting people the episode. People don't like the episode. Wait, hold on. Leave a cloud. Is there a cloud emoji? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, leave a cloud. Yeah. Leave whatever your interpretation is of this story. But please, no downward arrows. Please, no downward. I'm going to delete that. Forget downward arrows. <laughs> D- leave a cloud or a lightning bolt. Okay. okay there we go. I don't know like why I went me. weather with it. I can literally not think of any emojis. 